Amen. Thank you, choir, orchestra, Megan. What a message in song. Recently, in my devotional time, I've been reading through the book of Romans and came to Romans chapter 14. It is an interesting chapter, though there are not a lot of sermons, it seems, that are preached from it. We're going to look at it today. I want to begin by asking you some questions that you respond to by the lifting of the hand. Now, I'm not saying or you're not saying that this is what you do, but it's about what you believe. And uh, there is no recrimination. There's not going to be anybody do anything. I just want to ask you for another purpose. I want to ask you some questions. First of all, how many of you believe that gambling is wrong? Would you lift your hand? All right, you can lower the, How many of you believe that it is not? That there are times, as long as you don't abuse it, that it is not wrong. Would you lift your hand? All right. Let me ask another question. How many of you would say that uh, drinking alcohol is wrong? Would you lift your hand? Now, you're not saying that you do it. This is your neighbor who does it. But just, it's just about belief. You believe it's wrong. And how many of you believe that in moderation or if you don't abuse it, that it's not wrong? How many believe that it is, uh, it would be wrong for a man to wear an earring? Lift your hand. <laughs> Shoot, man, I just had my ears pierced. <laughs> the point that I want to make with this is that probably all of you would say that you are Christian, but we don't always agree on every issue. We would probably say that we are Christian, but there are areas where we would disagree. As a matter of fact, the people of God has a long and rich history in disagreement. For instance, it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Cain and Abel were brothers, but Cain killed his brother Abel. There's Abraham and Lot. They were relatives, but because they disagreed, they divided. Jacob and Esau, they were brothers, but Jacob stole the birthright of his brother Esau. King Saul was jealous of David and his popularity. It continues in the New Testament that we don't always agree. For instance, in the church in Corinth, there was disagreement about who was going to lead the church. There were those who wanted Peter, some others wanted Paul, someone else wanted Apollos because he was more eloquent than all of them combined but they they disagreed they were divided they were not in the same opinion concerning leadership in the church in Philippi there were two women at odds with each other and Paul wrote to the church in Galatia if you bite and devour one another take care lest you be consumed by one another well, the truth is Jesus' prayer for unity in John chapter 17 has not been completely realized. The church today still disagrees on areas. There are areas of disagreement within the body of Christ. I remember when Steve first came and he began building the choir and building the orchestra and all that. My office on Monday morning looked like Baskin Robbins. People would come in and take a number and wait to come in and complain. And they would say, well, I don't like the music. I don't like the orchestra. I don't like these things. And I would say, 
I don't like it either, but you know how Steve is. <laughs> but there's always been this division or this disagreement concerning music. Uh, today we are divided about Calvinism, we are divided over spiritual gifts and so forth, and yet we know that unity is desired, as has been said, in essentials unity, in non-essentials liberty, in all things charity. Now that does not mean that there are no moral absolutes. There are some things that are right, and there are some things that are wrong. But there are other things that are neither right nor wrong. They are a matter of personal conviction. And maybe that's the reason there are not a lot of sermons preached from Romans chapter 14, because that is the subject of Romans chapter 14. We're going to look at it anyway. And I know some of you are not going to be pleased. You're not going to like what I say. But hey, I'm leaving anyway. I have heard uh, an expression through the years and have found it to be very, very helpful. I'm on a fixed income. I don't care what it is, I'm on a fixed income. So that, that exempts me from anything. Romans chapter 14 beginning in verse number 1. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One man has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. Let not him who eats regard with contempt him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and stand he will, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Let each man be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat, and gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each one of you, each one of us, shall give account of himself to God. Well, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? We look at these verses, I think it's going to be interesting. He begins by saying that we are to accept each other in verse number one. Now, accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinion. So what Paul is saying, we do not agree on all the issues. We do not share the same opinions on all the issues, but he says, but we are 
to accept each other. Now there are two words in verse number one I want to define. The first is accept. The word literally means aggressively receive with strong personal interest. Grant one access to one's heart to take into friendship. All right? So he says that we are to accept each other. Very strong word about our relationship with each other as believers. We are to accept each other. The second word is opinion. The word literally means reasoning that is self-based and therefore confused especially as it contributes to reinforcing others in discussion to remain in their initial prejudice. All right, so he says we are to accept each other as friends even though we do not share the same opinions. Now that some things are wrong. I, I think that we could agree that there are some things obviously wrong. Murder, y'all not kill anyone. Rape. Stealing, some things like that. We would agree probably concerning those things. That there are some things that are wrong. But there are some things that are questionable. And that is the focus of this chapter. There are some things that are not specifically dealt with by scripture. And that usually becomes the area of our disagreement. If we look at this passage of scripture within its context. There were some Christians in the church in Rome who were divided over questionable issues. That's what Paul is addressing here. They were divided over questionable issues. First of all, over diet, verse number two. One man has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. All right, so what's that all about? There were some Christians in the Roman church who came out of a pagan background. They had been pagans and they came to Christ so they came out of a pagan background in paganism they would offer a sacrifice to their gods now normally we think of the sacrifice as being the entire animal it was not it would be a small portion of the animal and then the rest of the animal was sold at public market so people could go to the market and buy the meat that had been sacrificed so the question then was this, is it sin for us to eat meat that has been sacrificed to an idol? Is it a sin for us to eat meat that has been sacrificed to a pagan god? There were those in the church who said, well, no, it isn't. There's nothing wrong with the meat. There is just one God, so it really doesn't matter because there is only one God anyway. So there was an area of disagreement. Some who believed that it was wrong to eat the meat that had been sacrificed to the idol, and some who said it doesn't make any difference. The other area was concerning days in verse number five. One man regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Let each man be fully convinced in his own mind. There were some Christians in this church who came out of Judaism and they believed that you worship God on the Sabbath, on Saturday. There were others in the church who said it doesn't make any difference. One day is like another. 
One day is not more than another. So they were divided over that, the day of worship. Do we worship on Saturday or do we worship on another day? Now that caused division within the church. Diet and days cause division. Well, think about some of the questionable activities or the activities that are questionable that have caused disagreement in the church through the years. Dancing. Linda and I grew up in a little town, small town in Texas. And dancing was a sin for the Baptists, but it wasn't for the Methodists. Now, I never could quite work that out in my own mind. It didn't make a whole lot of difference to me. I really didn't care. It didn't bother me one way or the other. Until my son won a dance contest, and then I had people explain it to me. But that was an area, that's an area where there was disagreement. There are some people who believe that it is wrong to play cards. It used to be, it's wrong to play cards. You know how 42 came about? There were some Baptists who believed that it was a sin to play cards, so they played dominoes. Mixed bathing. Now, you young people don't have a clue as to what I'm talking about. What is mixed bathing? How many of you know what mixed bathing is? Well, some of you do. It's when males and females swim together. Now, I remember when we would go to church camp and uh, they would not tolerate mixed bathing. Not going to have that mixed bathing. Boys and girls swimming together. So the boys had a time when they would swim and then the girls had a time that they would swim. And when the girls were swimming, all the boys would go over to the fence and watch the girls, but there was no mixed bathing. <laughs> King James Version of the Bible being the only accepted version. I mean, if it was good enough for Paul, it ought, not, it ought to be good enough for us. So there are those who believe the only Bible that is acceptable is the King James Version. Not too many years back, it was a sin for a woman to wear pants in church, anywhere that is. Some of y'all are sinning today, aren't you? <laughs> the point that Paul is making is that we don't agree in some of these areas, but we are to accept each other. And he says the strong are not to reject the weak. Look at verse number three. Let not him who eats regard with contempt him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another to his own master? He stands or falls. Now you'll notice the word contempt. That literally means to push out. So what he is saying is that if you have liberty in your faith, in your understanding, if you have liberty that does not give you the right to push out someone who does not share your liberty. Because we're to accept each other. See, if I have liberty in Christ, maybe I have more liberty than someone else in Christ in my understanding. But my liberty does not give me the right to push out someone who does not share that liberty. I can't look down on them. So he says, the strong is not to reject the weak, and the weak is not to judge the strong. 
That's what he says. The word judge has two meanings. First of all, it means to criticize. So he is saying it is not okay for you to say of someone who has more liberty than you, I don't know how he could be a Christian and do that. That's not acceptable. It means to criticize. So we do not criticize someone who does not hold our position. And secondly, it means to categorize. So we don't put them in a category, well, that person's carnal, that person's in the flesh, that person is backslidden, and so forth. So he says, the strong is not to reject the weak, and the weak is not to, re uh, not to judge the strong. He says, because we are to accept each other, because we affect each other. Verse number seven, for not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. Now, folks, as believers, we have an impact on each other. We affect each other. If you're a believer, you're part of the family of God, you have an impact on other believers, and you can be a stumbling block. Verse number 13, Therefore let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. Vine says the word stumbling block means an occasion of liberty as proves a hindrance to another. In other words, some of you would be, have more liberty than others within the congregation. But you're not to be a stumbling block to someone who does not share your liberty. He mentions the word obstacle and that means an occasion to fall. You see, through my liberty, for instance, I can be a stumbling block causing a brother to fall. So can you. So in your liberty, he says, be careful that you don't be a, become a stumbling block. Don't cause someone to fall. But in another's legalism, you can cause someone to fall. Your legalism can be a problem for someone who does not share it. Ray Steadman said, a legalist lives in mortal terror that some Christian somewhere is enjoying himself. <laughs> there are really, you know this, there are people who think that if you're not miserable, you just can't be a good Christian. So they have that holy look. I mean, you see it, they have that holy look, which is sort of a cross between acid indigestion and a migraine headache, but it's that holy look. You see them, you know they're, you know they're holy because they look miserable. You're not to be an obstacle, you're not to be a stumbling block, you're not to hurt others. Verse number 15, for if because of food your brother is hurt. The word hurt means to be grieved, to be sorry. Did you know that the liberty of some can be a genuine grief for those who don't share it? They can genuinely be grieved and we are not to hurt them. We're not to destroy them. He goes on in verse number 15. You are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Vine says the idea is not extinction but ruin. Loss, not of being, 
but of well-being. Your liberty is not to be a license to hurt someone. See? We, we may have liberty in Christ, but that does not give me the liberty to hurt another person. So we can impact others negatively and we can impact others positively. How do we do that? By recognizing some things are amoral. Verse number 14. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. But to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. There are some things, folks, that are not spiritual or unspiritual. They are not moral or immoral. I guess the best example I could come up with on that is money. I hear people say oftentimes, well, money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is amoral. It is all spiritual. It is neither spiritual nor is it unspiritual. As the Stoics said, it depends on which handle you pick it up with. So it is not moral. It is not immoral. It is the way that you use it that makes it one or the other. So we recognize that some things are amoral and we recognize that we are individuals and as individuals we develop differently. Physically, I have a friend who was telling me that his son who is 13 years old is six feet three inches tall. Well, he, he is certainly excelling in that, but not everybody does that. We don't develop the same physically, we don't develop the same socially, nor do we develop the same spiritually. So we recognize then that we develop differently, therefore we develop love. Verse 15, for if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. Folks, as believers in Christ, we are to be known for our love, not for our differences. And too often we are known for our differences, not our love. We are to accommodate each other. Whether strong or weak, we are to accommodate each other. Now there are some things, as I said, that are questionable. Again, verse 14. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. But to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. We have freedom in Christ, but some things are questionable. You must understand that your freedom carries responsibility. If you celebrate your freedom in Christ, understand that comes with responsibility. Verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. In other words, he is saying, that the main part of Christianity is not diet and days. It is not earrings or the length of your hair. That is not the main focus of Christianity. Freedom also is reflective. Verse number 17 continues, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, he is saying that our behavior towards one another impacts the community outside the church. So, what are we to be? Righteousness, we are to be right with each other. Peace, we are to be right with each other and get along with each other. Joy, <coughs> which is the result 
of righteousness and peace. I have people oftentimes talk about the joy of First Baptist Church and how everyone just has a good time and gets along with each other and so forth. You know why? Because they treat each other right and they have peace with each other and that brings joy. Those who are strong, Paul says, are to grow in love because love produces peace. Verse number 19. So then, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Enjoy your liberty if you have liberty in Christ, but don't destroy the peace of another person. In verse number 20, he says, Do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. The strong do not destroy the work of God. We may not agree in all these areas, but we have responsibility. See, whether you are weak or strong, we have responsibility to each other. And he says that the strong are to grow in love because love edifies, in verse number 19, the building up of one another. Augustine said, love God and do what you like. It's pretty simple, but there's a lot of truth to it. If you love God with a, lovely, with a godly love, then you are able to do what you like. The strong, if you're in that category, you need to grow in love. The weak, you're to grow in knowledge. Child has to mature. When a child is born, they're little, they mess up when they eat. They can't walk, they fall down, but they have to grow up. Well, the same thing is true in a spiritual sense. We have to grow up. In our convictions, he says in verse number 22, the faith which you have as your own conviction before God. Our convictions must be based on the word of God and our conscience must be strengthened by knowledge. But we do not violate our conscience. So let me conclude. We're to accept each other. Some of you would be strong in the faith. Grow in love. Some of you may be weak in the faith. Grow in knowledge. We accept each other because we affect each other. We have an impact on each other and we are to accommodate each other. So there are some things that are questionable. The way we deal with them is that the strong grows in love and the weak grows in knowledge. Now we're going to have an invitation. I have no idea what God might have spoken to your heart about, but I believe that he does because I believe that this is the word of God and it is the seed. There are some of you who have probably never committed your life to Christ and today I invite you to come and receive him. Some of you are looking for a church home and our doors open, we'd love to have you. Our gracious Father and God, we come and pray for this invitation. I pray, Lord, your blessings upon it. I pray that you would draw people unto yourself. Father, I pray that you would give them the courage and the freedom to make known their commitment to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with me, please, as we stand together. The choir is going to sing. As they sing, you come. As you come, I will greet you.
we have a number of our students who are gone today with uh, Student Leadership University. They have gone to uh, Europe, to England, and then to Normandy. Pray for them as they're gone that God will watch. Well, that's one of the great ministries we have. I said, you know, if, if, if I had uh, teenagers in this church, students in this church, I would want them to participate. Our, our students have such an incredible opportunity uh, to be exposed to things that others are not, and this is one of those trips. And so you'd be praying for them that the Lord will keep them safe and bless them. They'll learn everything that He wants them to do. We begin Vacation Bible School this week, and so you'll be praying for all the, all the students and all the teachers and the workers who are going to be involved in that. As a result of it, we have no Wednesday night dinner because we're set up for Vacation Bible School. We will have prayer meeting, and it will be in Boyce Chapel rather than in Ellis, and so just so you will be uh, mindful of that. Let me encourage you, you're, you're, you're doing well. We, uh, I've, you know, I've said before that during the summer months, that's a tough time for us financially. We have a lot of expenses and a lot of people are gone. And uh, so be faithful. Uh, we are doing well, but during the month of July and August, we want to come out of the month of August uh, really in good shape. And so that means that all of us uh, are faithful in that. While you're gone, you go on vacation, you can still, with e-giving, uh, that's in your bulletin, I think. It tells you how to do that. But we can be faithful uh, with that even while you're gone. Have any prayer needs? These deacons with red badges on, be happy to pray about any need that you have. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed. <laughs>